Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And last week we talked about biblical standards and kind of explaining uh, what a standard is exactly. And just kind of a little review on that. Uh, you know, a standard, that is something that we can measure off of, something that is clear, something specific. Okay, just like a unit of measurement, we explain how if we are all have our own opinion of what a foot is, okay, then if I tell you to go make something that's six feet, well, it's going to be different for everybody, isn't it? We all can't have our own opinion of what a unit of measurement is. Otherwise, whenever we go to do our part when it comes to building something, things aren't going to come together, are they? And so, the Bible, of course, is our standard. Jesus Christ is the standard that we are supposed to try to live up to. But what do we do when it comes to areas where we don't have a physical standard that we can look at? And once again, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, we read it last week, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so tonight we are going to talk specifically about dress standards. Alright? Nobody ever wants to hear about that, especially ladies. But, you know, Baptists, we get accused of making a big deal about this. And we don't make a big deal about this. It's not something we talk about a lot. Um, it's not the most important thing, but it is important. Okay, and the new generation of people today. I had a guy just today, uh, you know, asking about our church, and uh, he asked if we were Southern Baptists. I said no, we're Independent Baptists. And I was explaining a little bit our, about our church, and I mentioned that we sing the hymns. And I was like, yeah, I said we're pretty old-fashioned. And he's just like, oh, okay. He's like, he's like, you're kind of young for that, aren't you? Because you know, most younger people aren't that way. They're going the trendy route, and the trendies they call dress standards a secondary issue. We don't need to worry about these secondary issues. But you know, does the Bible say that whoever will obey the least commandments and teach others will be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? So even if this is secondary, we're supposed to talk about it. We're supposed to obey it, and we're supposed to teach it. And, and so uh, we're going we're to talk about that tonight and uh, see what the Bible has to say. And so once again, kind of going back to measurements, okay? Because when it comes to clothing. You know, how are we supposed to know what is okay? We, the truth is, we don't know for sure what they wore back in the Bible days, do we? You know, we don't know how the Apostle Paul dressed. We know how they've had them dress on all the movies and things that we've seen, but, you know, we've all, we don't know that's how they dressed. That's how they assume they did. Uh, you know, we don't know what the women wore in those days. We don't have, uh, and there's no outfit in a museum somewhere. We don't have one of Sarah. She's an example that we're supposed to look to, that ladies are supposed to look to. We don't have one of Sarah's outfits that she wore. And even if we did, we don't know what her measurements were. So we could kind of figure out, you know, just how tight, you know, clothing is allowed to be, you know, and how much they're going to show. We don't have that. So what do we do? What do we go off of? And then just kind of, you know, back to measurements a little bit. I was reading some interesting things about measurements. You know, when did the foot, the 12 inch foot, become the foot? Things like that. And I was reading some interesting things, but it says, in ancient times, the body ruled when it came to measuring. The length of a foot, the width of a finger, and the distance of a step were all accepted measurements. 
An, uh, for an inch, for example, at first, the inch was the width of a man's thumb. In the 14th century, King Edward II of England ruled that one inch equaled three grains of barley placed end-to-end lengthwise. And do you all realize that somewhere, sometime, a group of men got together and they decided what a foot was? A group of men got together and they decided what a yard or a meter or a pound was. Did you all know that? A group of men got together and did that. Because I hear, and, and I think that's completely appropriate. I think that's fine. And I hear all the time about this group of men that got together one time and decided what the dress standard should be for Christians. And what Baptists, and it's like this big conspiracy thing. And, you know, nobody knows for sure who all the men were in this group, but Jack Kyle's name is always thrown in there. I haven't been able to find out when it happened or if it happened, but a group of men got together and decided what the dress standards were. And why would we follow that? Well, why would we follow what a pound is, and an ounce is, and a foot? You know, a group of men got together and decided that too. So, I mean, you know, it's. Somebody has to figure out these things. And you know, some more things that are interesting. A hand was approximately five inches or five digits, five fingers across. Today, a hand is four inches and it's used to measure uh, horses from the ground to the horse's withers or shoulder. A span was the length of a man's hand stretched out, about nine inches. A foot in ancient times, uh, the foot was uh, one and one forty-two inches. I guess I say it, 42nd. And then today it's 12 inches, the length of an average man's foot. You know, a yard was originally the length of a man's belt or girdle, as it was called. In the 12th century, King Henry I of England fixed the yard as the distance from his nose to the thumb of his outstretched arm. You know, and so how far was that? Well, we'd have to know exactly Henry VIII or the Henry I. Of England's measurements, you know, but they, everybody did. They they went. They had something physical that they would go off of. And today we still do that same kind of thing. And there's a lot more things we could read. The official foot that we have today in America, it it may have been exactly what it is now. But when they declared, you know, the 12 inch foot like we have today, according to the things I was reading, it was only in 1959 that they declared that. So you know, there are many things though, measurements and things they have changed. In time, you know, measurements have changed over time. Definitions of words change over time. And that's why it's very important that we stick to the original standard when it comes to the Word of God. That we stick to the King James Bible. If we're constantly changing our Bible and updating it to modern English, well, we're not going to be able to keep up. And it is great to have something original that you can go back to that you can define everything off of that. And that's why we stick to the King James Bible around here. And we're not going to update it. We're not going to change it because it will confuse things. And if churches would all... Back when churches all went off the same standard, they weren't as different as they are today. But churches are vastly different today because everyone has their own standard, don't they? They've got their own Bibles. And then... A lot of them make up their own standards on how much of the Bible you even have to follow, including in Baptist churches, and that's a shame. But clothing, okay? What are, how do we figure it out with clothing? And so just some things that are very clear in the Bible about clothing is one, and these are things that nobody can argue with. I mean, these things are spelled out in the Scripture. I've preached other messages on this before. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time on it. 
But one thing that we know about clothing in the Bible, and that is that we are to be clothed. Okay? We're supposed to be clothed. You know, it is a natural instinct that we have to cover our bodies. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 6, what happened after they ate that tree, fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? They realized they were naked and immediately they went and they sewed fig leaves together. They tried to cover up their nakedness. They tried to hide that. If all of a sudden you just found, you know, you just realized that you were naked, you know, you're going to try covering up, aren't you? You know, when you realize you're in public and people can see, you're going to get embarrassed. You're going to try to cover up. It is just instinct. It's a natural instinct. Okay, babies. Do babies try doing that? No. Why? Why don't babies care? They're innocent, right? They don't have the knowledge of good and evil, which is one of the reasons that we believe that if a baby dies, they are not going to go to hell if they have not you know, accepted Christ yet. They, have, they do not know the knowledge of good and evil. Therefore, they are not accountable. But you know, they're going to get to an age when all of a sudden they realize, hey, this is embarrassing to be naked and they will try to cover themselves. It's just a natural instinct. And it's always a shame for someone to see your nakedness, especially family. A lot of times people think all oh, around family and stuff, it doesn't really matter. Actually it does. And there's many scriptures we could go to that talk about, you know, not, you know, not seeing the nakedness of family. Genesis chapter 9 and verse 20 is one of the more well-known passages of scripture. We're not going to go there, but that is where Ham saw his father's nakedness. Noah, he had gotten drunk he had began, became a husband and made a vineyard and he drank of the wine and he got drunk and he was uncovered within his tent and Ham saw the nakedness of his father. And Ham went and told his brothers about it. I don't know if he was wanting them to go see or what, but Shem and Japheth, they didn't do that. They went and they held something up. They walked in backwards and they covered up their father because that was embarrassing. It was naked. It was family. But they, there's some things you're just not supposed to see on even family members. And some people today, they're just so wicked they don't have any shame. In Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 15, it talks about those who they couldn't even blush. They're, just, they're not embarrassed by it. There's people out there today, they are not embarrassed by being unclothed. And that is not natural. Okay, that goes that goes against human nature. Humans, we are the only species, if you want to call it that, out there that wears clothes, don't we? Aren't we? You know, animals don't worry about covering themselves. They kind of have a natural clothing, but mankind, okay, when God made them, they were in a sense clothed in innocence, you could say. But when man sinned, when man fell, okay, now. There's something there that they need to hide, that they need to cover. And so mankind has always wore clothing where animals, they don't. It's not normal to go around naked. We know the story of the maniac of Gadara, the man that was possessed with a legion of devils that ran around in the tombs. Not normal. The Bible says he wear no clothes. Not normal. Okay, A man possessed by devils. That is what he did. And so we're supposed to wear clothes. That's very clear. You wear clothes that will keep you covered. Okay? And, and uh, turn over to Exodus chapter 28. Exodus chapter 28 and verse 42. We're going over just the real basic stuff here that's just simple that nobody should be able to argue with. It says, 
And thou shalt make them linen breeches. Okay, what are breeches? Well, breeches are the same thing as breeches or pants is what we call them today. To cover their nakedness from the loins even unto the thighs shall they reach, and they shall be upon Aaron and upon his sons when they come in unto the tabernacle of the congregation, or when they come near unto the altar to minister in the holy place, that they bear not iniquity and die, it shall be a statute forever unto him and his seed after him. Okay, so they were supposed to wear these linen breeches that were under their priestly garments that they had. Because not only were they supposed to have their nakedness covered, okay, they were supposed to, even if they were walking up the steps, people weren't supposed to be able to accidentally see their nakedness. A lot of times people will wear clothing that in certain positions will cover the nakedness, but in other angles, it's not going to cover the nakedness. Therefore, I wouldn't call that sufficient clothing. Okay? You know, ladies sometimes, you know, they'll wear a skirt that when they're standing there, you know, it, it's long enough. But boy, if they sit down or bend or move or do pretty much anything, all of a sudden now, it's showing the thigh, and there are plenty of verses in the Bible that show that an exposed thigh is nakedness. It talks about you know making you know them uncovering their nakedness, making their thigh bare. That is considered nakedness according to the scriptures. Okay, according to the rules at the public beach, that is not nudity. All right, you know you you do not get arrested in Rock Falls for showing your thigh in public. Okay, but Rock Falls isn't the standard that we're going off of, is it? You know, the United States, it's supposed to be the Bible, and so you're supposed to keep that covered. That is very clear in the Scriptures. And, I mean, we don't even... You know, the Bible, I mean, it did, we know what part that is. There's, there should be no debate there at all. You've got to keep that covered. God made that very, very clear. So you wear clothes where your nakedness won't accidentally be seen in Exodus chapter 20, verse 26. One of the reasons they wore those linen breeches or pants that went from the loins to the thighs, and you say, well, th- those aren't pants, those are shorts. Well, what are shorts? Short pants, right? So, pretty clear. You know, it, it, you know, short can mean anything, but we all know it's they're a shorter pants. And in Exodus chapter uh, 20, verse 26, it says, um, Neither shalt thou go up by steps unto mine altar, that thy nakedness be not discovered thereon. Okay, they're not, they don't want them accidentally seeing their nakedness. So understand that you know we are supposed to be covered. You know, we should wear clothes that are not revealing. Alright? You can wear clothes today that you know keep the body covered, but they don't leave a whole lot to the imagination, do they? Alright? And listen, that's not even practical, okay? You know, wearing tight, tight clothing does not make sense, okay? You know I don't know how people can walk in some of these clothes that they wear. And that has got to be uncomfortable wearing clothes that tight. And there is only one reason to wear clothes that tight, and that is to be sensual. Okay? Alright, you know, I mean, ladies, you know, some of the, you know, some of the pants and things they wear. You know, it's like you, you got guys today, they'll go out in public on a hot summer day, and you know, and they'll wear their big baggy shorts that you know look almost more like a pair of culottes. You know, and they don't want to wear pants. They're not going to wear jeans because that's too hot. Okay, but then their wife, she'll be in a pair of extremely tight jeans, and it's like, 
how come that's comfortable? That I mean, wouldn't you wouldn't you rather have the wife in the culottes? I mean, they're a lot more comfortable and cool, I would assume, than tight jeans. Okay, but it it's not about it's it's about being sensual. Okay, and the only people that will deny this are Christian people that are backslidden. Okay, clothing designers they're trying to make people, you know, in it look sensual. They're trying, you know, they're try, uh, people that wear these things. They're trying to appeal to the opposite sex. Everyone knows that Christian people are the only ones that don't seem to get it, just because they uh, they're just backslidden and they're just covering their eyes to this. It's just obvious. It's plain. It's clear. But it makes no sense. Guys now that are wearing these skinny jeans, I'm going to hit on skinny jeans. I'll tell you, not only is that just very, can I say queer? All right, on that, all right we, can say, we can say queer around here. Not only is that queer, I mean, it, it makes no sense. That's not practical. Okay, I don't know how you can work in skinny jeans like that. Okay? I, I, I used to work with a guy, nobody knew his name, everybody called him skinny jeans. Okay? And uh, skinny jeans did not survive the job. I think it was too hard for him, and I'm going to tell you right now, I wouldn't have made it. I couldn't make it one day doing my job wearing skinny jeans. That would be extremely uncomfortable. I don't know why he didn't just start dressing like a man. If he'd have dressed like a man instead of a weirdo or fruitcake, if that's a little more politically correct and queer, then you know, then he should have just done that. But you know, he didn't. He wore skinny jeans every day. Everyone knew him for his skinny jeans. That's what they called him, skinny jeans, because nobody knew his name. And you know what? He didn't survive very long at all. And I wasn't disappointed to see him go because I was worried about him uh, in many ways. And <laughs> just his the way he dressed, it sent a message. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But you are you're supposed to you're supposed to wear clothes. You're supposed to wear clothes that associate you with your gender. Okay. Now this is not debatable either. Okay. This is very clear. Deuteronomy chapter twenty-two, verse five. It's uh, very very clear. Uh, Passage of Scripture, one that I think everybody, uh, you know, you don't even have to have a Greek, uh, you know, you don't even have to know Greek and Hebrew to figure this out. But let's go ahead and look at Deuteronomy 22, verse 5. It says, The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment, for all that do so are abomination unto the Lord thy God. Okay? So what does that word pertaineth mean? Well, it's something that was, it means something prepared, or you could say something that was designed for a specific gender. Okay? Um, you know, so it's very clear, you know, clothing designers, when they make clothes, they are, they're usually specified for a male or a female. Our bodies are different. Therefore, we need a different type of clothing. And not only does it make, not make sense, for a woman to wear man's clothes and a man to wear a woman's clothes, okay, it's it's wrong. Okay, we are you are sending a very scary message, especially right now in this day and age we live in. Now that the transgenders are the new people, everybody's going to bat for. Now we've got the president, you know, sending letters to the schools trying to let people use whatever bathroom they want. You know, practically promoting cross dressing, and the Bible says that's an abomination. Okay, and I hate to, you know. Bring this up, and I, you know, to point out the obvious. But let's just think a little bit here. All right, I'm just, gonna, I'm going to let y'all think about this. The Bible says, "Okay, a woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man; neither shall a man put on a woman's garment." Now we all get freaked out when men wear women's clothes, don't we? 
If a guy came in here wearing a dress, we'd all get freaked out, wouldn't we? Uh, we would try to, you know, in a nice way, let them know that hey, they, they think you're in the wrong place, buddy. Uh, you know, you're not. This is not normal. We would all, you know, hopefully laugh at somebody if they, a, man, a man that was wearing a skirt. So let me ask you this: the Bible says a woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man. So while we know all these things that a man shouldn't wear, what? How would a transgender woman dress like a man? You ever think about that? The Bible says a woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man. So what pertains unto a man? Hmm. Let's think about that one for a minute. You know, and I think we all know what that means. But I dare not bring it up. You know, I dare not say it. you get everybody mad at you. You know, even though for years and years everybody knew what that was, you know, a man bragged that, that you know, he you know, I wear the pants in this family and things like that. That was always associated with the man, but yet today, you know, really, how does how can a woman cross dress? Go think about that one for a little bit. You know, you, I've seen people do it where you know, write down a list of different clothing items that are specifically for women and they could, are specifically for either. You know, none of us would get offended if there was a man and a woman wearing a matching t-shirt. Okay? Or if a, none of us would be offended if a man and woman were wearing matching ball caps or matching shoes or something like that. But the Bible says, a woman shall not wear that which pertains unto man. What pertains unto a man? And I, th- I think we all know what it is. It's very clear. But anyway, so... While we'd all agree that there are many female garments that a man should never wear, you know, just figure out what that male garment is that a woman shouldn't wear, and you'll probably get, you know, it's uh, that's not a popular subject either. But you know, oh well. And we're going to talk about, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about why some of these things, you know, kind of how they came to be. But you know, we're not, we're supposed to make sure we do not wear clothes that associate us with evil. Okay, Proverbs chapter seven verse ten. It talks about how there met him a woman with the attire of an harlot. Doesn't say that she was a harlot. It said that she had the attire of a harlot. Okay. Now I'm going to guess that the attire of a harlot today is not the attire of a harlot that it was back in Solomon's day. Okay, things do change over time, but one thing that has been is very clear is throughout time your clothing associates you with something. It does. You know, people can tell. You know, if you've been to church, okay. We've been we've been going to church before on a weeknight because of uh, you know maybe a revival meeting or even a Wednesday night service. We'll go out to eat or something, and people ask. You know, people have asked, "Hey, do you guys just go to a wedding or a funeral or something?" Because we're all wearing church clothes. They see the way we're dressed, and most people aren't thinking about church on a Tuesday night or something. And so that's one of the reasons they ask. Or they'll ask, "Did you guys just get your picture taken?" You know, you can tell a lot about somebody by how they're dressed. And it's, you know, you can tell sometimes that people are foreigners just by how they're dressed. Even though most people in the world wear very similar clothing, you know, you can always spot the tourists, can't you? You can always tell a lot about somebody by how they're dressed. Okay? And one thing, this is, you know, let me get on, I got on skinny jeans for the guys, but for the ladies, you know, I'm getting tired of seeing all these women out in public wearing yoga pants, and you know they didn't just come from a yoga class. All right? 
It's like, I'm sorry, you've never done yoga in your life, lady. And, you know, so why are you even wearing, why are you even wearing those in public? And it's just because they're lazy. Apparently they're comfortable. Uh, I don't know. I will never know. But I watched a video. Somebody showed me a video on a Black Friday. There was this massive mob outside of Victoria's Secrets waiting to get in there because they were selling like $6 yoga pants in there. I mean, this mob was huge. And I, was, I remember I was watching I'm thinking, how are all those people going to get into the store? And somehow they all got in the store. And I know those women weren't all going to go do yoga class after they got those things. They were just going to go wear them out in public just because they're lazy. And that's just... But you know, those are supposed to associate you with something. That's something you're supposed to wear working out, I guess. But you know, you know they didn't. But the fashions and styles of the world today, they're, they're, showing, they're showing more of the body, aren't they? They're showing more and more. And those that are older, you've seen how that's you know, been changing over the years. The fashions of the world today are blurring the lines of distinction between genders. That's very clear. And the fashions of the world today are just rebelling against common sense. For example, the tight clothes. Skinny jeans do not make sense. Unless you're queer and you're trying... Anyway, I don't, I don't even want to go there. But you know, the, the tight pants on women... Okay, it's very clear you know, why clothing designers would want to put really tight pants on women. Okay? And ladies, you might not understand, but the guys are going to understand, aren't they? You know, the guys are going to, they, they get why, and that's not right either. That's not okay. But you know, the baggy pants, okay? you got the gangbangers that want to wear these saggy pants, and then they wonder why they can't outrun the cops. Well, guess what? I couldn't out I couldn't outrun my kids if I wore pants like that. You know, you, you're not going to be able to run like that. Don't. It, it doesn't make sense. Holes in jeans. Why would you do that? Why would you go buy a new pair of pants that are just full of holes? That defies common sense. Okay. You know, clothing has a very specific purpose. You know, clothing. You know, it protects you from you know getting hurt. You know, we bump into things all the time, and if we didn't wear clothes, we would have scrapes and things all over our body. It helps you know, protect us from a lot of the germs and things that are out there. And just barely wearing anything, wearing things that don't cover you adequately, you know, wearing things that are so tight you can't even move or so baggy you can't even run, I, it does not make sense. That is not what clothing is all about. Clothing has a very purpose. And so, you know, don't follow every new thing that comes out. You're, and you're going to see new things that come along that just don't make sense. And when it does, don't think I got to be in. I got to do what everybody's doing. Just reject it. Don't do it. Say that's stupid. I'm not going to do that. You know, don't follow every new trend and fad of the world. You can dress in a nice way without violating the principles that God laid out in the Bible. And there are some things that do change with the times and culture. I want to be very careful saying that because many people will say that and then go and use that to justify things that are clearly sin. They'll justify, you know, women dressing like men and things like that. But you know, First Corinthians eleven four says, "Every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonoreth his head. But every woman that prayeth or prophesieth with her head uncovered, dishonoreth her head. For that is even all as if she were shaven. But if, uh, for if the woman be not covered, let her also be shorn. But if it be a shame for a woman to be shorn or shaven, let her be covered. Notice that if it be a shame, okay. Now." You know, America, okay, we're messed up. In America, it's not a shame for a guy to dress up like a woman, okay? Well, it still is for the most part, but not in, not in Hollywood or the news media. But, you know, in 
throughout all of time, it's always been a shame if a woman had really short hair. Okay? And, and even today, it still is to a certain extent. You know, if a lady has cancer and has chemo and loses her hair, it's devastating for her, isn't it? They'll usually wear a hat, they'll wear a wig or something, because you know, they're embarrassed. Okay? Now, obviously, they've done nothing wrong. It's not their fault. And I think people understand that. But a lady is ashamed if she uh, doesn't have hair. Now, there are some places in the world and where it's not a big deal. Where they don't, they don't care. And, it's, and uh, another thing it talks about in the Bible, in 2 Samuel chapter 10, verse 5, 4 and 5, it talks about some of David's servants that these men took and they shaved off part of their beards. And that was the shame to them. And David sent them back and told them to go and stay there till your beards grow back. Okay? There was a time when it was a shame for a man not to have a beard. Okay? Now, if you do not have a beard, people are not going to look at you and think, oh, you know, he's a homo or something like that. They're not, they're not going to think that. You know, nobody really cares, okay? But in certain parts of the world, certain cultures, and certain times, that was a shame, okay? Uh, there are certain items of clothing that today, if a woman wears them, nobody's going to look at her and think, you know, what a terrible person or think wrong things about her where maybe 50 years ago, they would have. Yes, it is true. Some things do kind of change. Okay, the Apostle Paul. I do not believe that he wore a suit and tie like I'm wearing today when he preached. Okay, so I, I clearly understand that the trendies like to bring that up. Yeah, because we all know the Apostle Paul wore a suit and tie when he preached. Okay, because if if we get on the guys, the, you know, some of these trendies now, you know, they're losing the suits, they're losing the ties. Okay, you know, okay, fine, but then. What they're replacing it with? There's one guy, skinny jeans. Okay, if you preach in skinny jeans, I, I, I know I keep getting on skinny jeans, but man, that makes me sick. All right, that just makes me sick. And when you're preaching in skinny jeans, I'm sorry, you need to. You know, I know we preach against quitting, but it's time to quit. All right, you know, give up, stop calling yourself a preacher, get out of the ministry, and you know, go move to San Francisco or something. That's where you'll, you know, you'll be comfortable. But anyway, I, I shouldn't have said that, but I'm telling you, man, that stuff just grosses me out. But some things do change. And there may come a point in a time, I don't know if skinny jeans will ever seem normal and accepted because they don't make sense. Okay? They're, they're tight. Uh, they're not, they can't be comfortable. They don't look comfortable. And uh, i got to be careful uh, where I go on that. But today though, alright? Because yes, the Apostle Paul did not dress this way. But I do think it's appropriate to dress this way. And I dress the way I do for a reason. I always wear a suit and tie. And it's for a reason. I believe I should wear a suit and tie when I'm preaching. As a pastor, I believe I ought to do that. So, how do we know today specifically what we're supposed to wear? How we're supposed to dress? You know, what, what do we, you know, how do we know what name brands are okay? I remember back when the Tommy Hilfiger clothes came out, okay? And I noticed those immediately because everybody's wearing shirts that say Tommy on them. I remember those were real big uh, there in the late 90s. And I remember when I first saw those, it caught my attention because a person's got a shirt that says Tommy on it. But I noticed, it seemed like everybody that was wearing those looked like queers. And that was what I saw, okay? That was what I noticed. And I just quickly associated those clothes with weirdos, okay? Now, it didn't take long after that where everybody started wearing it, 
I mean, everybody was wearing Tommy Hilfiger clothing. I'm, but the people, the first people I noticed were people, some of them that I knew were homos. And so I didn't want to wear them. I just associated that with them. You know, now, I, I don't think anybody wears those now. I haven't seen any of them in a long time. But it, I was convinced should not wear Tommy Hilfiger clothing. You know, then I had a son named Tommy right around the time when they were real big and people were always wanting to get him when they had the showers and stuff, you know, this Tommy clothing and stuff. And I, I put a ban on that. I said, no. I said, my son is not wearing any Tommy Hilfiger clothing. Why? Because I associated it with homos. And maybe that was appropriate, maybe it was inappropriate. But that was what I did. And me and none of my family have ever wore, you know, Tommy, anything that said Tommy Hilfiger or anything on it. And because I did. So are you saying that it was a sin to wear that? Well, you know, how, how do we know? How do we know if a certain brand is okay or if a specific type of clothing is okay? Because there are some things that don't violate any of the Bible commands. They cover your nakedness. Okay, They're covering nakedness. They're clearly male or they're clearly female. So how do we know? Okay, So... To illustrate this, if you were to take, if you go home and you, I imagine everybody here has a ruler or a tape measure, okay? Well, how do you know that your ruler is, in fact, a foot? How do you know the factory didn't mess it up and maybe your ruler is only 11 and 3 quarter inches? How would you find out for sure if it was a foot? Well, you would take that ruler and you would go match it up with something else that you know is a foot. Okay, maybe you know. Obviously, we don't know where the perfect foot is anywhere, but maybe you know you'll go and you'll check with some other people. You know, you go over to somebody else's house and say, "Hey, do y'all have any rulers?" And you'd hold it up there, and if they're the same, if everybody you're checking with has the same length, you're going to know, hey, it's probably actually a foot. You can know for sure that it's right. And so, when it comes to clothing, how do we know that our clothing is okay? And to determine whether our dress standards are right, we've got to make sure, and a lot of people aren't going to like this answer, but we have to check with other people's. You need to measure your standard up with other people's. Okay? Now, that might sound weird, but I believe this is biblical. But you hear, so, but what people? Because that's the key. You've got to make sure it's the right people. Because listen, and liberal Christians are the only people in the world that don't get this. Everyone else gets it. Clothing does associate you with something. Okay, that's why police wear uniforms, military wears uniforms. I mean, everybody in the world knows this except for liberal Christians. They're the only ones that don't get this. So you have to check with other people's. All right. So after you've checked to make sure your clothing doesn't violate any biblical commands. Who do you match your standards up to? Okay, your clothing covers your nakedness. I mean, your clothing makes sense. It's practical. You can walk in it because it's not so tight. And you're not able to do anything. It's not sensual. So, how how do I know who I should dress like? Because we are all copying off of somebody. Okay, whether you want to admit it or not, you all are copying off of somebody. Okay, you ladies especially. You saw somebody else wearing something like you're wearing. Ooh, I like that. You want to be like that person and you dress like them. I'm sorry. We all do that. Let's just admit it. Okay, Every, clothing designers know that. That's why they will pay these TV stars, you know, 
thousands and millions of dollars sometimes to wear their clothing. You know, Tiger Wood, you will never see Tiger Wood not wearing something that has the Nike logo on it. You know why? Because everybody associates him with a great athlete and they want to be able they think if I want to play like Tiger Woods, I've got to wear Tiger Woods clothes. Well, what does he wear? Everybody knows he wears Nike. Everybody knows that. And people that want to follow after his example, they are going to go buy Nike clothing. Okay? I don't know if you all noticed this before, but if you watch Duck Dynasty, what, I, what brand of clothing do you wear? Under Armour. They're always wearing Under Armour on there. Do you think that's just because they like Under Armour? No, they're getting paid big time for that because they know people people are going to pattern themselves after the Duck Dynasty people. Have you noticed the long beards back in? I mean, they, it, people follow TV characters. Okay, so everybody knows this. Everybody gets this. Everybody admits it, except for liberal Christians. But it's just the truth. So, who should our standards match up to? Who should we be copying off of? Who should who should we be following? Well, look at First Timothy chapter two, and this is really clear. And this is mostly passages specifically geared towards women because women you know let's just admit it you're the ones that get picked on more on this subject you know and and rightfully so okay men struggle a lot more with lust over you know uh, things that you see than women do okay you know the male body you know nothing that exciting you know but the female body you know and clothing with women and you know making sure they're covered and not sensual it is it's very Important and most of the time in the Bible when it talks about clothing, it's talking to women. And look at what First Timothy chapter two verse nine says. It says in like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array. Okay, you're not supposed to try to draw attention to yourself in a bad way when you, with the clothing that you wear. Okay, and you know what? I, I saw a guy the other day. Dressed like in a way with uh, the gold and jewels and costly array. I was in the grocery store in line, and this guy, man, he was all decked out. I'm not going to say anything about his ethnicity because I don't want to be, you know, anybody think I'm racist. But you might figure it out when I tell you how he was dressed. You know, he was wearing some pretty bright clothing, and he had this big gold watch with all these diamonds and things on it. He had gold bracelets with diamonds. He had this big diamond. You know, he had all these big rings. He had the necklaces and jewels and things. He had these huge diamond earrings. I mean, this guy was decked out. I don't know if this was real stuff or fake stuff, but if that was real stuff that he was wearing, man, I don't know. I can't even imagine how much money that guy was walking around with. And I won't say anything about his ethnicity, but you all never guess based on. But he, you know, that's that's not right. Okay. You don't do that. I'm not saying, you know, ladies, you can't you know, wear a necklace and earrings and things like that. You know, there's nothing wrong with trying to look nice. But boy, you know, we're not supposed to just scream attention, okay? And when you go that crazy, I'm, I'm sorry, that is not right. You are drawing unnecessary attention to yourself. So who are you supposed to dress like? Well, notice uh, it says, I lost my spot, in verse 10, it says, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. Let the women learn in silence with all subjection. But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman, being deceived, was in the transgression, notwithstanding she should be saved in childbearing, if she shall continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. Notice the way you're supposed to dress, not in a flashy way. Okay, You're supposed to wear modest apparel 
It says, uh, in a way, it says, but with good works, which, and then in parentheses, which becometh women professing godliness. You should, ladies, you should dress like women that are godly, that do good works. Okay? Now, if you just say that, I know where the trendies are going to go with this. Okay, I know where the liberals are going to go with this. Well, I know this woman; she's the most godly lady I know, and you know, and she wears this and wears that, and she does this and she does that. That's what they all say. But listen, we're not just going to go like with that ruler. You don't just go match it up with one. We're going to match it up with several. Okay, you don't just pick one person because there's a lot of people out there. They're kind of the trendsetters. Okay. There are churches out there that are kind of the trendsetters. And where we're going here is going to be important for next week's message. I said this week I might talk about music too. I'm going to have to save that for next week because there's a lot more stuff that I've got that backs up what I'm teaching here with clothing, but we're going to focus on it with the music, how we can determine our standard for music. But we are supposed to check with more than one person. Don't just pick out one lady and declare her godly, the most godly lady you know, and then do everything she does. You do it with several, okay? Women, okay? What we come with women professing godliness with good works. And so what are these good works? Okay? What are these things? You know, do, do the people whose styles you're following, do they have actions that line up with the scriptures? See, that's the key. Just because you say someone is godly and they're the most godly person you know, doesn't mean they are. I've had people tell me about people that oh they're just the most godly person oh this preacher you know he does this at his church and he's the most godly spirit filled man I've ever known. But then I know what that man preaches and it doesn't even line up with the scriptures. Hey, if his preaching doesn't line up with the scriptures, he is not a spirit filled man. He is not godly. In fact, the Bible would call him a false prophet. It would call him a wolf in sheep's clothing. Okay, so don't try to use that. Do these people's actions line up with the scriptures? See, no one's really original in their dress styles. Everyone's copying somebody. Who are you copying? Are the people that you are copying, are they godly people? Are they people whose lives match up with the scriptures? Their works match up with the scriptures? Does their message line up? With the Bible, okay? Are the are these people? Are these leaders, okay? Whether it's a pastor or a pastor's wife, does their message line up with the Bible? Okay, if you're following people from churches that preach false doctrines, those aren't the people we're supposed to follow. Those aren't the examples that they that we see here in First Timothy. Do their actions line up with the Bible? Okay, are they sent? Are they, do they have the right message? But not only do they have the right message, do their actions line up? But there are preachers out there that are preaching the truth, but behind closed doors and even sometimes in public, they're living a completely different life. See, we're supposed; those are the people that we're supposed to follow after. Those are the people that we're supposed to pattern ourselves after. And in the Bible here, it uses those type of women as an example. Also, you should follow those who are fulfilling their God-given roles in life. Okay, so which ladies are we supposed to follow? First Peter, uh, notice it mentioned here, you know, letting the uh, women learn to be in subjection or be in silence with all subjection. A woman is to be in subjection to her husband. Are the ladies that you're following, okay, the clothing they wear, the fashions that they have, are these women that are submissive to their husbands? Okay, look at what the Bible says in First Peter chapter three. In their homes, okay, in the homes of the people that you're copying off of, 
is the husband the head of that house and is the wife in subjection to him? I know this is politically incorrect, but you know what? I've already crossed the line. I said queer tonight, so I might as well just go all out. But it says, Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. This is talking about wives, too, who have lost husbands. It said, Be in subjection to them. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning, let it not be the outward adorning of plating the hair and wearing of gold and putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner, in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well and are not afraid with any amazement. Do you all see that? It gives the example of the holy women of old and it used Sarah as an example and it said, listen, the adorning that they wore, the ornaments that they wore, it was that meek and quiet spirit. It was they were submissive and in subjection to their husbands. And you know who some of the, you know, the women, the, the, the fashions that many women are following after, it's the fashions of women who are not in subjection to their husbands. Women, many times, who are divorced from their husbands. Women who are in rebellion to their husbands. And you should follow this examples of ladies who listen to their husbands. Now, why is that? Okay? Why, why would they be a better one to go after? Well, I'll tell you right now, you can tell many times when you go out in public and you see a couple, you can tell by how that lady's dressed that she's in, submissive, in submission to her husband. Because I'm going to tell you right now, there is no godly man that's just going to let his wife dress in certain ways. In such a sensual, seductive manner. Or in a way that's, you know, in many cases, a way that would embarrass him. Okay? I'm sorry. Some of the clothing these ladies are wearing, uh, you know, they're not flattering themselves. And that's got to be embarrassing for the husband. And I'm going to tell you right now, you don't want to follow their fashions. You don't want to follow their styles. You don't want to follow rebellious women. And you don't go and I'll show you too, and just pick out a woman that you like their clothes and say, well, she's submissive to her husband. Because usually the ones everybody wants to follow after, the trendsetters, are the young women. Okay, You don't follow the young women. Okay? They're just getting started. You don't know they're submissive. You don't know they're a good mother. You don't know they're a godly lady. You follow the lady that's actually been with her husband for years and years and who's actually raised kids and been godly, but then, oh wait, then I have to dress like an older lady? Well, here's the thing too. Older ladies usually don't dress that sensual, do they? Okay, now some do. There's been some ladies out there that I've just thought about going, you know, I think you know, a police officer needs to pull them over one of these days and just say, ma'am, I need to see your driver's license. And then say, ma'am, will you please look at the birthday on your driver's license? Can you please look at the year you were born? Now please tell me, why are you dressed the way that you are dressed? You are not 18 anymore, lady. Alright, but you know, young people, you know, they tend to be proud. They tend to want to flaunt things whenever they're doing good and they're still young and have their figure. But you know, the older ladies, they're usually past that. 
They're not trying to do that. And those are the ones that you should follow. The people that aren't trying to be seductive. The people that aren't trying to flaunt everything. Those are the ones that you should be following. Women like Sarah who were in submission to their husband. And listen, there's, you know, said, you can be tricky with this stuff. Oh, well, I'll just go ask that lady who I like how she dressed. I'll ask her husband if, you know, she's submissive. And let me tell you, a lot of these guys, they're going to say yes because the wife told him to say yes. You know, it, it, it's clear. We can tell. You know, and so, uh, you know, it's, you know, it is, those who are trying to change the standards for what a pastor wears, for example, you know, they are also the same crowd that's getting away from the King James Bible, not a coincidence. They're trying to get away from soul winning. They're the same ones bringing in contemporary Christian music into the church, bringing in worldly style entertainment into the church. And not only, you know, not only are these people bringing it, you know, is it in their own lives? I mean, they're bringing all this sin into the church. And so, you know, you don't follow the younger people. You follow people who are, you can, man, these people are living their lives according to the Scriptures. When their message lines up with the Bible, their actions line up with the Bible, those are the examples that you want to follow. Those are the people that you want to pattern your life after. Those who are fulfilling the God-given roles in their life. Wives that are in subjection to husbands who are the head of the home. You know, and clothing, it does. It reveals who the head of the home is. For years, you know, what it, I wear the pants in the family. What's he saying? I'm the man. I'm the head of the home. I am the one in authority. But listen, there those who are wearing or you also want to follow women who are wearing ornaments that God wants women wearing. Just real quickly I'll read through some of these. Proverbs chapter one verse eight says, My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and uh, forsake not the law of thy mother, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. Okay? When you have wisdom, that's an ornament. That's something that people see. That's something that you can wear that will, you know, I mean, that can be an inspiration to other people that other people need to follow. Um, verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 7 Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace. A crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Proverbs 25.12 As an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold, so is a wise reprover upon an obedient ear. Well, you know, wisdom, that type of thing, that's an ornament. You know, you can, you can tell. Some people just wear their stupidity, don't they? Okay? Somebody who's all tattooed up all over the place, you're wearing your stupidity. Somebody who's pierced up all, that doesn't even make sense. That doesn't even look good. That's gross. You're wearing your stupidity. Okay, there are some young preachers, wise out there, they're getting their nose pierced. That doesn't even make sense. I mean, how in the world do they pick their nose without, you know, having problems with it? I don't even, that doesn't even make sense. I'm going to tell you right now, you know, that's, that is not an ornament of wisdom. Wearing their foolishness right there. But wisdom, you can see it in people's life. First uh, Peter 3 1, we, we read about the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. Okay? Who are the ones that are usually leading ladies when it comes to everything? It's usually the loud, obnoxious ones. Okay? Listen, I'm, I'm praying, and one of the reasons I'm praying Hillary doesn't make it into the White House, I don't want her setting trends and styles for women's clothing, alright? I think pantsuits are ugly on women, and I'm, I'm tired of seeing her in them, and she'll just make them more popular. 
And I remember, I remember Sarah Palin when she was running as vice president. I had went and I had stopped at the Republican headquarters. I can't remember where it was at. Oh, it was in Ottawa. It was when I was still living out there. And uh, I stopped out there, and this lady comes in there into the Republican place, you know, wanting signs and all this stuff. And she had her hair done exactly like Sarah Palin's, was wearing the Sarah Palin glasses. She looked like Sarah Palin. And it's just like, wow, you know, you know, worship people much? You know, it was it was pretty it was pretty ridiculous. And but boy, do we want women doing that with Hillary? No, no, please no. But anyway, uh, but uh, you know that orm of a meek and quiet spirit. She doesn't have that. We should not be following her trends and her fashions or Sarah Palin's, by the way. Okay, they're not who we're supposed to be following after. We should follow the trends of the older generation instead of the younger. Titus chapter two. Verse 3, turn over there real quick, Titus chapter 2 and verse 3. It says that the aged women, likewise, that they be in behaviors becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, discreet, chaste, keepers of home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. The older ladies are supposed to teach the younger ladies how to be. And one of the things they're supposed to teach was how to be chaste. And I'm going to tell you right now, the clothing that most women are wearing today, they're not being taught to dress that way by older ladies. Okay? Most of the older ladies today, they're disgusted by the way younger ladies are dressing. And I'm going to, you know, I don't want to dress like an old lady. The Bible says they're the ones that you should be listening to. You don't listen to the younger generation. You listen to the older ladies. One who actually were faithful to their husbands for years. Some lady has been married to her husband for 50 or 60 years and has been faithful to him and has been in subjection to him. She's the one that you should talk to. She's the one that you should listen to. Okay? They have proven that they fulfill all the qualifications. You can go and some young lady out there that you like how she dresses and you want to follow her, you can go ahead and declare her as godly, declare her as a great example, declare her as all those things, but she has not proven herself. Okay? Five years from now, she might be a streetwalker for all we know. But the older ladies, we know they've proven themselves. They're the ones that follow. The elder women are going to be less likely to dress in a seductive manner. Okay? The Bible told us they're the ones that the younger women are supposed to follow. Be following their trends, their fashions, not the younger generation. And, you know, and one thing you're going to notice about clothing commercials, they're never going to have old ladies modeling the clothing, are they? They don't do that, do they? They use younger women. Okay? And they're not the ones we're supposed to follow. We're supposed to follow the older. And that I'm sorry, that's just biblical. You know, I am dressing I still dress the way the older preachers dress. I still, we still do things like the older preachers do. They're the ones I'm trying to follow. That's just how it's supposed to work. And whether you want to admit it or not, what you wear does associate you with many things. And many Christians today are sending mixed messages because of the way they dress. And the only people that don't understand this are backslidden Christians. And look, I'm going to end with this quote that you might not want to agree with, but I'm going to preach on this next week to kind of help a lot with music. Some things are wrong just because of who does them. That's why they're wrong. There are some things that you should not wear just because of who it associates you with. 
While the Bible doesn't have a specific command against that, because certain groups are doing it, we should not do it. And I'm going to tell you right now, that is biblical. I will prove that next week, especially with our music. There is some music that is wrong just because of who uses it and where it came from. And so, keep that in mind when it comes to your clothing. Don't follow after the world. Okay, Our world is immoral. It's a mess. You know, Follow godly people when it comes to the things that the Bible does not line out. If you see a woman that you think is godly, if you see my wife dressing in a way that clearly violates biblical commands, don't follow that. That's wrong. Okay? But on the areas where you're not sure, you know, look at people, older people, use more than one example. That's just common sense. And I, and I know if you do that, I do believe that you will please God in your actions. And that's the goal. We want to please God. We want to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So with that, let's all stand together.